Hi, Happy Enders. Uh, these, the next podcast after this one and this one is actually two-parter because it is a boyfriend and girlfriend, Stuart Thompson and Anna Vel- uh, Valenzuela. Haha, <laughs> I knew I was going to fuck that up. And they both talk during it. It was kind of like the Bert and Leanne, Bert Kreischer and Leanne Kreischer's interview. And it was really fun. Uh, Stuart Thompson, he is a comedian. Um, he has a show at the Hollywood Improv called Late Night with Luke Schwartz. And then Anna Valenzuela actually has a podcast called 12 Questions and Brouhaha. Uh, And they're very interesting. This was really fun. Their chemistry together was fun. Uh, Stuart Thompson does a lot of impressions of comedians from the comedy store. So that, for me, was a good time. So I hope you guys enjoy. Once again, special shout out to Care by Design for providing me the lotion that has kept my hands from falling off. Also, Absolute Extract is where you want to go for all of your uh, THC needs. Um, so CBD care by design, absolute extract for your THC. They are uh, the best. Um, please like, click, subscribe, comment. Um, send me an email at joyshappyendings at gmail.com and enjoy. Get undressed, get under the sheets. Ooh, you're in for a treat. I promise this is not a dream It's just a happy ending with Joy Eileen Alright, are you ready? I am ready Are you excited? Yeah Yay! Thank you for having me No, thank you for coming, this is awesome And the fact that you brought another person Made my life so much easier. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> she is next. <laughs> all right. I like having you guys introduce yourselves because I fuck up names all the time. Uh, go ahead, love. I am Anna Valenzuela, and I also have a podcast where I make people introduce themselves to. <laughs> Annie Letterman got so mad at me because I called her Annie Letterman. And she's like, that's not how it is. And I was like, well, I'm not saying names anymore. Well, you're also boobs down on this table, so calm down. (laughs) And I'm Stuart Thompson. (laughs) Who is boobs down on the table? Yep. (laughs) He is the naked one right now. Yay! And you've had massages because we've been talking while we were getting ready. Yeah, I've realized I need them more often (laughs) what did that Thai massage lady say to you last time she gave you a massage she says I'm not done with you you come back (laughs) (laughs) when we go to get massages together he they always roll out same thing with pedicures they always roll out the old grandma the sensei the one who's taught everybody how to do what they're supposed to do right and then they give me the granddaughter twice removed who doesn't know how to do anything, and I'm the one with the bad back. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, wrong one. <laughs> Switch. Switcheroo. Give me that old lady. I want her to beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you um, pedicures and massages. Do not tell them you are a massage therapist because they have something to prove, and they go, really? Really? Uh. Oh, my God. I did a time massage when my patients got it for me, and she burst a blood vessel. <gasps> and then I was working out, so I took my workout shirt on, but I still had a sports bra on. And my eight-year-old goes, "Mommy," and I go, "What?" And he goes, "What happened to your back?" Oh my god! And I go, "Point on all the bruises," and I kid you not, he started going, "Yes." 
And I'm all, oh, shit. Wow. Yeah, those were little little angle, or, uh, little heel marks. She, well, and also, though, I'm like, I'm not going to give in. And I let her go. Yeah. <laughs> Which was dumb, because I know what I'm doing. But no. I know. I will. Now I have to tell them, because... They can't like torque my body and they can't like pull, they can't like walk too far hard on my, my hips. Right. So I, I shouldn't do Thai massage at all. That's what my doctor told me. But I've, I've gone with Stuart and been like, oh, okay. it's nice to get my hands rubbed, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, I was telling Stuart, she climbed up and she put her knees on the butt, mm-hmm. her elbows right here, but she had her face right here in my too, neck. Too weird. And I started giggling. <laughs> <laughs> and all, Joy, you're a professional. <laughs> it still tickles. It's probably like, I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> but I'm all, like, I was trying to get away from her, too. <laughs> I was like, please stop. My biggest fear is, I'm glad I'm watching this first, because I was like, how would I do this and not, like, fart? I haven't had a fart drool. It might be my first fart. If it is, you're going to die, because I had both sauerkraut and beef at one point today. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm married. You're good. I'm telling you, the Valenzuela <laughs> fart machine is a powerful, it's a, you know, it's a V8. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> She she purrs. She definitely purrs. That is funny. <laughs> can so, you say Hemi? <laughs> I can say it with my butt. <laughs> Remember that time I woke you up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she. I can sleep through a parade. And yeah. She, and a woman had a psychotic breakdown and like punched everyone's windows in the building that we were living in. Didn't wake up for that. I farted too loud one day. Totally <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how long have you two been together? Three years. Yeah, a little over three. Yeah. How'd you guys meet? This is my favorite. Okay. Here. Yeah, here at the comedy store. Yeah. I write romance books. So I'm <laughs> pathetic. Hi. Oh my com- god. You're not pathetic. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. Big nerd. Have you done the show The Ripped Bodice yet? No. I'm connecting you. You have to do it. You I have saw, to do it. Yes. I saw pictures and I was like, oh, I'll bring books. <laughs> yes. I'll sign them. Nobody wants them, but I'll bring them. You know what? That crowd would totally buy them. Oh my Is that god. your merch, your books? I haven't done merch yet. Like, and I haven't even done jokes on it yet. Like, I kind of have, like, somebody's like, oh, my, every time I tell people I write romance, first thing they say is, like, is it like E.L. James? And I'm like, no, do I look like a fucking billionaire? Like, no. <laughs> also, so, Jackie Cation loves a romance book. Okay. She, who's Jackie Cation? She is a really, really funny okay. comic. I just said she's a funny. She's a funny. She's a funny. She's a funny. She's she's incredible. She's, okay. You've got to look her up. You're gonna love it. She has jokes about it and everything. Oh, maybe a good it. reference point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, three years here. Yes. Okay. Could you write a romance book about us? Okay. <laughs> I, it's kind of a romance, but I haven't put it out. And it's about the comedy. It, it's not about about the comedy store, but it's kind of. It involves it. It's it, set it up. It's very much so. Like the walls are red and there's black okay. lighting on mm-hmm. it. And the owner's nephew, who likes to wear a lot of scarves. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's like an Argus figure in it. Cause I I love this place. We've been coming here for like six and seven years before I even wanted to do comedy. How long have you worked here? Um, only a year. Really? Yeah. 
it seems like you've, it, it's because you've come here so much. It was the same for me. I came here for about a year before I ever started doing stand-up. Uh-huh. And it's such a great education. Yes. Yes. Did you get the job here because you started doing stand-up? No, they did not want me to be a stand-up. Really? Like when I did, because they only want stand-ups that are door guys that have been passed by Adam or who have showcased for Adam. Right. So um, they were like, we need someone in the kitchen. Joy, this will get you in. And I went and, and Joe was like, why do you want, he goes, why do you want to work in the kitchen? And I go, because chicken dinners are my life. <laughs> I'm really passionate about chicken tenders. And he goes, You're a comic. And I go, And he goes, Adam doesn't like other people or anybody outside to be comics. Like servers aren't supposed to be comics, bartenders aren't supposed to be comics. That's why Nick got in so much trouble. And, um, so he's like, this won't get you on stage. This isn't going to help you. Like, they made it very adamant that I'm not friends and family. Okay. And I was like, that's fine. That's fine. I just want to network. I want to be, I love this place. Yeah. And so, yeah. But then when I started working here, people were like, oh, you work, you work here, though. And I was like, no, I just started. Huh. I thought you already worked here. I'm like, yeah, kind of. And you'll know when it's time for you to put the comedy first and move on to a different situation. It's getting close. Mm. I've noticed, like, I'm getting booked more. Yeah. There you and go. I'm writing more. Yeah. All right. Like, I got up, I got up on Kill Tony on Monday. How did that go? I fucking slayed. Hey, oh, great. Right. I've been up on six times because we come every Monday. Yeah. Because um, you guys are different, but John's not a comic. Yeah. But I also mm-hmm. want him to be a part of this world. One, so he knows who I'm with. Yeah. Smart. You know, and yeah. he's, I just don't want him to feel like I'm leaving him out of anything. Yeah. So he comes every Monday, and that's our thing. That's our date night. The kids know Monday's date oh. night. So. Cool. I am, the last time I got pulled up was August 2018. Oh, wow. And then, so Tony goes, We know this young lady. She's here every Monday. And I stood up and I go, Fuck yeah. And then I start rocking, but then he starts like doing my credits. Like she's a huge fan of the show. She works here, and yeah. I was like, "What if it's not me?" Uh. Ah! So like you see me falter, like, and I'm like, "Please say my name." And he goes, "Joylene," and I was like, "Yeah." So I get on stage, and I just did three jokes that I was just super proud of. Great. And Polly Shore goes, "You're like Eleanor Kerrigan, but thicker." Okay. Dude, like, it's like a whole thing with her. Yes. <laughs> right? Can she, you do a Lizzo Eleanor Kerrigan hybrid? <laughs> Is there, can you do it? It's like, I need a flute. Okay. <laughs> and then Tony goes, Yeah, she's like Eleanor Eat again. And I'm like, uh, okay. Cute. And then Polly goes, You work here. And I was like, Really? And I go, yeah. And Chicken tenders are my life, bro. And then he goes, you work in the kitchen. And then Tony's like, yeah, you do what you know. And I'm like, oh, right. Oh, <laughs> for the love of Pete. But, you know, we've been going to Tony for so long. And I was like, you can tell nice. me that. I don't care. But can I tell you how funny that was just now? Yeah. So, yo, if you ever need um, a totally, like, adult lady who's not going to, like, get you into any trouble to go out with you to mics and stuff, I would totally do it. Okay. I yeah. love it. Yeah. And I'm also, 
I enjoy a grown-up interaction. I've, I've learned to really value it in the last two years. Just like, can we just like have a grown-up conversation, you weirdos? I can tell you right now, if something happened between John and I, I would never date him. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. Because it sounds awful. I mean, what do you, I mean, it's been, it, we've had challenges for sure. I was trying not to date at all, really. Right. And then, um, maybe you want, like, <laughs> you want to tell the story, babe? You tell it much more, like, mechanically than I do. I, I give it a little bit of whimsy. Sure. Oh, okay, so, um, <laughs> well, uh, Anna's uh, good friend is a, uh, also a big fan of comedy and would come to see paid regular shows here at the store very often. And she, like she'd come by herself like three times a week and I would usually see the OR, the main room and I would see her often. And it's like, you know, the deal. So we, we didn't become like friends, but we became familiar. Uh-huh. And thank you for never seating her where she always got to sit just beyond the light line. Yeah. So she wouldn't get like talked to a lot because they started to recognize her and that began to embarrass her. So sure. she liked to stage as far enough back to shoot love beams at the stage without, um, without like getting caught. Yeah. Getting the limelight. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then she started bringing Anna along mm-hmm. from Long Beach and, uh, we, I would see, I just like, Oh, you again. And, and you brought a friend. And so, so I'd see the room, and and then Anna started h- hanging out more here, and then uh, my buddy Luke and I started recording our our talk show at the Improv Lab, and then Caitlin, Anna's friend, started coming to that. And Can I she, give you the review of your first show? That sure. You gave me? Yeah. She was like, um, "Hi." Is there any of you guys parked in the lot? No. no. Hi, Hart. I was just talking about you and how you make the best drinks. Oh, thank you. I love it. Oh, I think it's them. Get them, man. Get them, Joe. We're in the middle of recording. Bye, Joe. We're also recording. <laughs> ah, being, being the lot guy is a thankless job. <laughs> oh. Did you ever work the lot, babe? I worked it for four hours one night, subbing in for Doc Willis. And he's like, "Hey man, I gotta work sound. Can you uh, can you move these cars around?" And uh, and I was like, "I I guess." And it was this it was the most stressful night I've ever had to work here. I could see that. Everyone, because this is before people. Everyone had nice cars here in the lot, uh-huh. and even trying to move around someone's like Corolla, I'd be like, "Ah, I don't want to mess it up." <laughs> And I made Jimmy help me back up today because I was like, sure. I can't get out. I'm going to hit somebody's car. And she's like, I got you. Thank you. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you go. You were saying uh, the review of the, the review, show. The review of the show. So the talk she, show. So, okay. So kind of back up a little bit. I was living in Long Beach and I was working in an autism center. And uh, I worked in mental health, like drug and alcohol treatment and disabilities for like 10 years. And I got laid off from my five-year plan job. And I was the first of 19 people. So, um, you know, I can't take it personally. They cleaned house. And, um, and my, uh, my friend and I had hung out together and we realized we liked comedy in the same way. So I'm sure as like, a person who started as a fan, 
you realize that there's some people that like they go, oh, I love comedy, I love to laugh, and then they mention a comic that you probably wouldn't watch. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, you're familiar, but maybe not your favorite. I you know, know exactly where you're going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we, um, we, uh, all of our stuff matched up. And she said, you know, I've been wanting to go to see Patton Oswalt at the Largo. He's getting ready to record an album. And she bought tickets to every single show that he did to prepare for, um, which one was it, babe? It's the... Talking for Clapping. Talking for Clapping. The Netflix special. Yeah. And so we went to that. So that was like such a great education. I didn't even really know that comedy was something I really wanted to do. Uh And then I was here one night and um, I, I walked up to David Taylor and I said... Um, okay. This, yeah, and I said, uh, that was a great set. That was really, really funny. And he said, oh, you're a comedian, right? And I said, no, I'm not a comedian. And he goes, only comedians think I'm funny. And, um, and I said, well, I'm not a comedian. And he goes, yes, yes, you are. And he put Jay Light in front of me and had Jay Light explain to me what potluck was. And by this time, I had been to the comedy store a bunch of times. One time, Stuart and I, I know you don't remember this, you were in a hurry, like, seating room. Uh-huh. And I was coming from, I think, the bathroom in the main room back to the OR. Yeah. And we were both looking down and almost smashed into each other, stopped like milliseconds before colliding into one another. Oh, wow. And you were like, oh, oh, excuse me. And then you just like, you rushed off. Yeah, I did did that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, you just struck me as kind of, you were, this place has its own like feeling to it, right? It feels a little bit dangerous, feels a little bit like my mom. Yeah, it feels a little (laughs) bit like my mom, you know, like a a DUI waiting to happen. And, um, And so, so Stuart is this like beacon of safety in a, uh, in a sea of, of, you know, potential chaos and, um, and was always very, very kind to my friend and the door guys here, uh, both you and Jay and just Luke, everybody had always been so kind to her that when you did your, yeah, he terrifies me. I was just Yes. Yeah. He's. That's his thing. I mean. Um, yeah. I mean, Luke. Luke abhors small talk, and you know he's he's very particular. Yeah. Which my friend is very shy. Doesn't participate in small talk. She's just a okay. nice lady who shows up and doesn't give him any trouble. Yeah. Okay. So like people are. Um, so people are always so kind to her here, and honestly, that's like it's still like I'm th- just choking up thinking about it. Like she's so important to me. She's such Aww. a good friend, and um, her. Uh, we, she went to Stuart's talk show for the first time. This was about four years ago. Me, Have you seen that Stuart Thompson do stand-up? He's very funny. He is funny. Thank and you. And she would say, "Have you seen him? He's just so charming on stage." And then she, she, she'd seen you just enough times at shows to be super impressed. And she heard about that story about remember when that guy um, was kind of harassing me at. Um, and uh, God damn it, in Chinatown, before we used to go to One Cock. At Melody Lounge? At Melody Lounge. And you and Frank Castillo and Jay Light and Keith Carey all gave him the fucking business. I love it. Oh. And then I went up and fucking took a shot at him and lost. And <laughs> you looked at me and you said, it's a lesson everybody's got to learn to lose. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, Stuart is above all things like a cold hard cutthroat watcher of comedy but you know what that's what you want oh yeah like you know because they're 
John is, I love my husband. Love, love you. There's times when I bomb. Yeah. That he's just like, why'd you do that? And he's like, you should have done this. And I'm like, you fucking can't stay from you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Why'd you do that joke? Or why'd you? And it's like, cause yeah. I had a plan. God damn it! Because <laughs> I'm new and I don't know what I'm doing. Well, you're you're also not going to get anywhere. Yeah. With that and conversation. It's so hard. How many years in are you? Um, uh, four, but not. Okay. Like how how many serious years? Uh, serious years, probably two. Okay. Okay. You only. I mean, I remember in my first year, I had like, I had the. I was like, these are the jokes. Like mm-hmm. not in the. Not in the the Fraser Smith way. These are my jokes. Folks. These are the actual jokes. I have no other jokes to tell. So these jokes have to work. Yep. <laughs> well, see, my problem is because I'm a writer, I write too much. So every oh. time I write a joke, I'm like, I'm doing this one. You overwrite a joke. So much. Oh, you and Stuart could talk. Yeah. <laughs> I have. That's the San Francisco way. <laughs> that it truly is. I'm like overwrite and be married to every word. Look at this wordy group of people. That was not the first even, thing I said. Is y'all wordy up here? <laughs> not even the wordy. It's just I have so many jokes. Like I write and I'm like that's it. That's yeah. It. Like so when I get on stage, I'm like, oh, I want to try this one. Yeah. Like when I got on tour, Tony, three of those, no, two of the jokes, two out of the three jokes I've never told before. Wow, that's wow. really brave. But that's how I feel. I'm like, no, these are good. These are good. Well, that's so good. That's great instincts. I don't always know until I get on stage, you know? I well, I also, I have one, I have, I have a friend, she's black, so I run through all my black jokes with her. Amazing. Because I'm like, is this okay? Is this okay? Yeah. I have a friend who's very, like, I have a couple of friends that are super woke. Like, one of them's, like, non-binary, and mm-hmm. they're roommates, and the other one is, um, she's, uh, like, heavy set and does a lot of, like, very woke blogging. Uh-huh. And, and if I ever have a question, I'll send them the premises of the jokes and be like, does this seem right? Or if you saw me last night, did you feel like that was okay? Am I still? And it's not because I want to censor myself. Ultimately, I always want to do what's funny. Uh-huh. But I also, you know, I also don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to walk that line. Uh-huh. Well, that's not being a dick. I think that's what it is, too, because yeah. my jokes are very dark and edgy. Yeah. So I just want to make sure they're dark and edgy and not a dick. You know, yeah. I you know I have a lot of dark and edgy jokes, and all I want to do is like write jokes about food. Now yeah. I'm like, how do I get into that like nice world of jokes? Like, how do I break into that? Mom, how do I write clean jokes all the way through? The clean jokes are so hard. Like, but they're so cheesy. Like, I was behind a Chevy Silverado the other day, and I was like, why did they give themselves second place? Like, why did they give themselves silver? And like to me, that's like, oh, that's a clean, funny joke. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's, so yeah, the uh, I started doing stand up, and then Stuart and I would just kind of run into each other. She mm-hmm. went to his talk show, and she said, "My friend Caitlin went to his talk show, and she called me the next day and was like, it was magical. <gasps> they were so funny, and that Stuart was wearing a suit, and he was so handsome. Oh, <laughs> you should have seen it. There were nothing but girls in the room, and they were losing their minds." <laughs> she, I love your friend, by the way. She's such a sweetheart. She's like, man, yeah. she saw a different show. She, <laughs> she saw the Beatles. She, 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 she saw Michael Costa in the band. <laughs> <laughs> but she just loves comedians. She just she falls down these obsessive rabbit holes, mm-hmm. and um, 
and she just, you know, like you do. And yeah. and in the same turn, I became obsessed with, after so many people, I'd go to grocery stores and people would say, are you a, uh, did I see you on TV last week? And I'm like, excuse me? They're like, are you a comedian? And I'd be like, what? <laughs> it was like the universe was uh-huh. like, it, it, RuPaul says sometimes the universe is screaming at you to do something. Mm-hmm. And it definitely wasn't my case. And so I um, started doing stand-up and one night we were making fun of Stewart's the most, I, I I wish that there was a way to record an album of you in the back room of the improv making fun of comedians, <laughs> which you can't really do anymore because it's more serious there now. It's like much more competitive. It's much more of an audition. That's what I heard. Uh, you, you could you could still do it. You would still do it. There's a there's a lot of rubes. Yeah, and also and also you have a relationship with you have a relationship with um with Rita. That's if true. I were to do it, I'd be like, who's this bitch? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, um, you you have this way of somebody would be on stage, and this was back when like it felt like the improv mic went on for seven hours. There was nobody in the room to watch. Nobody cared, and it, it was just an opportunity to be on stage at their improv and. And it was like, we would just sit in the back of the room and you would tag people's jokes. You would start doing impressions of them. You'd start doing impressions of other people. Like suddenly Doc Willis would be in the room. You'd be doing your Doc Willis. I mean, God damn. Yeah. And like, you know, do a bro- you'd do a Brody in the back of the room. How dare you use that premise? Yeah. I know. I this know. is the Hollywood improv. Yeah. I'm not fudging around. I don't curse. <laughs> yeah, and he would just just really light up the back of the room and make everybody just really tolerate what was a grueling experience. <laughs> and uh, and we were making fun of who were we making fun of together? You said it was I think Jake Adams. It was Jake Adams. Jake Adams and I were wearing the same. Uh, we were wearing the same flannel shirt and he was giving me a hard time about that. And I said, I said, well, to switch with me, let's see if it's really the same. And he hesitated and Stuart jumped in and we basically bullied Jake Adams into switching shirts with me. And then I just looked up at Stuart and I was like, by this point I wasn't like dating. I had what I lovingly called the fuck bench. Like Uh dudes just, you know, this, the B team, you know, the, 15 years ago, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, you know, I'm busy. I'm an adult, you know? I uh, uh, I got a roster. I got a roster, you know what I mean? And uh, Trouts are in May. And by a roster, I mean just like a couple, you know what I mean? It's yeah. remarkably hard in this city to, people are always talking about like, it's so hard to date in LA. You know what's really hard to do in LA is coordinate a booty call. Is it? Yeah, it can be, it can, it can be if all parties are busy. You know how many times during an open mic I will whisper under my breath, I'm so fucking glad I'm married. It's your, it's your, I was asking a friend of mine today who was a husband very similar to Stuart. I asked her, I was like, with all the things that, all the challenges you guys had, uh, would you still marry him? And she was like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. She's like, because all the good outweighs the annoyance. And, um, and I think that's probably what marriage probably is. And honestly, if you can make fun of the same people, yes, you're golden. Yeah. And that's pretty much how we bonded was given uh given jake adams a hard time and uh we went and had pancakes at swingers uh-huh. i was like do you want to get pancakes and because for some reason i wasn't gaining any weight i was eating i was I just understanding these words i was right? i was just like high on comedy i was like running around and just uh-huh. like 
you know, eating all the time, eating at weird times. And then we, um, we just talked from there and we just kept hanging out. Yeah. And then finally, Mike Menendez walked up to me one day and said, are you and Stuart, uh, like fucking, you gotta love comedians yes because they don't ask if you're dating they don't ask if you're falling for one another they go are you and Stuart fucking remember when david taylor announced to the entire patio before we ever got together that we were fucking yeah <laughs> hey, hey everyone <laughs> you you won't believe this you really i'm not kidding <laughs> but our whitest door guy is fucking this latina <laughs> saw him annihilate some lady once one night and she cried so hard yeah, that's yeah the thing. That's they probably made out later too that's kind of his thing you know what he's kind of the base for the guy that the girl gets together in that comedy book oh really <laughs> I told him I go you're kind of my main character just because I needed a dick I needed an asshole. Cool. He was the first asshole I could think of. And all he could say is, did you give me hair? And I go, actually, I did. Oh. And he goes, okay. I mean, they break up. It's like four books. They're super short. It's like, here's what's the hair. Did you give me hair? Yeah. Amazing. Finally, I can live vicariously through a, a romance novel at Ralph's. <laughs> you got to do, like, a chapter, like, an addendum, like, a chapter for David. And it's just all sex scenes, but involving his hair <laughs> she, she's she's always pulling his hair <laughs> it's just all hair <laughs> no, no penetration just running just fingers <laughs> through his locks <laughs> flipping his hair to orgasm you know <laughs> Eventually, that very same friend, Caitlin, was like, you need to talk to, because Mike Menendez had harangued me. A few people had harangued us both. And um, and she was like, maybe you should ask him if he's into you. And Stuart approached it very much like a, um, like a business venture, you know, like we were going to. Like we were gonna open an artisanal juice stand, you know. <laughs> I feel like you should uh, really be able to get along with people. And, uh, and I, had, uh, I had just been on so many blind dates and with like people I've been set up with, and it was just so. And it was just like, ah, I, I just want to be with someone I like. Could you just be my, your mind now? And, I, and I'm yes. just, and I was like, oh, sh- I like Anna. Let me just be. I want, I want to be with Anna. Meanwhile, he's all articulate, but very businessy, and I'm over here 30, because this, by this time, I think Asan had told me that you were, um, I thought you were my age. Huh. I thought you were, because at the time I was like 33, 34. Okay, how old? We have an eight-year difference. Me too. Yeah? Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh. I am... They were worried. They're like, you guys 
don't make it, we're still going to be friends. Yeah, you guys, we're not breaking up the band for you. Yeah, so fuck you. And I was like, well. Well, your, your mom and my mom can be friends. My mom likes urns. Jesus. What? My mom likes urns. Oh yeah, my and that's so funny. My parents both passed away, and it's such a crime because Stuart was voted in high school most likely to impress somebody's parents. Oh, and it's like we need a Ouija board to make that happen. Yeah. So I don't know. I can't impress these ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good guy. This is my friend Stuart. Every time I walk by. This is my friend Joy. <laughs> Pablo, Kim, consider this guy. <laughs> uh, uh, he gets it. He went to Berkeley. <laughs> I told Brody one day, I was like, Brody, I go, did you know that we have a son named Brody? And he goes, thank you. <laughs> and John just goes, let him have it. I was yeah. just gonna say, you can't ever correct nope. that. You nope. can't, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> but our Brody has taken on, so like John and Brody, they do race cars, like little RC cars, Ooh. and Brody's car is an 818 car. Uh, and it says, enjoy it on the back. Uh, and when he gets in a crash, because he's eight, so when they get in a crash, he's all, it was a positive push. <laughs> That's very cute. I was like, you know, Brody was a good guy. And, like, you know, I'd always tell him because we'd stay late. And Brody is obsessed with comedy. So he's like, what happened? And I was like, well, Brody crowded people. (laughs) (laughs) He stayed indignantly on stage for 90 minutes. (laughs) One day he yelled at me and John because they put us right up front. And he came out and he saw us and he's like, my friends are up front. Now I feel pressure. You should know. Mary and David. And I was like, sorry. Amazing. Sorry, Brody. Oh, good. That's awesome. Aww. So how long have you been doing comedy? Me? Yeah. Uh, it'll be 11 years in March. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and how long have you guys been doing the talk show? Uh, we're celebrating our four-year anniversary on... February twenty second, shameless plug, nope. at the at the Hollywood Improv Lab. So oh, yeah, you know, fuck, I gotta get this out before February twenty second. <laughs> no, no, I mean you do you. No, <laughs> okay, thank you. But yeah, we yeah we've been doing it for about four years. It's been uh, it's been fun. You know, Luke Luke plays my bitter half, and uh, <laughs> we uh, I you know yeah, we, I may be the girlfriend, but Luke is the wife. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you know we get to we try to we try to make it more like a conversation. We've kind of merged it a little bit with the the way we do the podcast, but it's been it's been fun. We find little nuggets of joy in every, every show. I love it when it goes off the rails. Like it does, when, and it does um, often. When uh, oh gosh, uh, who was yelling at Drennan Davis? Oh, um, Thomas Dale. Thomas Dale was just <laughs> screaming at him one night. <laughs> You have ex-boyfriend energy. You're a Todd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, I don't want to have anything to do with you. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with you. Just yelling and Stuart's pounding the wall laughing. Because you have this weird... Um, have you ever heard Stuart like really, really laugh? I don't know. Probably not. He has this maniac cackle. Because, you know, all comedians, like we, we blow through all of our serotonin uh-huh. so quickly in a day. Right. And so... Like, when we do laugh, it comes out, like, 
I've always had like a comic laugh, like a <laughs> like too big, and, <laughs> like a muppet, <laughs> like a muppet, basically. Everybody, everything about me is muppety. Um, all my parts are felt, and um, he. Uh, Wait, you have ticklish feet. You're not gonna kick me, right? I, I, I have ticklish feet. I'll let you know if it's okay. too much. Oh my gosh, he has ticklish everything because Tebow was like, do not touch my feet. Oh, uh, yeah, he told, me, he told me about that. He's a gay baby. I don't know why the baby is gay. <laughs> but then he goes, I will kick you. And then not five seconds later, he goes, touch it. Who the fuck you touch your feet and get kicked? Yeah. That's so funny. But they are very soft. As soft as a gay baby. As soft as the gayest of the babies. That's so funny. I love that. But I saw you twitch, and I'm like, how do you kick me? No, I, I, I wouldn't kick. I just kind of like... Recoiler. Joy, go away. Yeah. I tickle him all the time just to mess with him. Yeah. I hate being tickled. Really? You're laughing, but it's not. You're not having fun. Oh. Like, I don't. There, there is a torturous element to it sometimes. Yeah. I was like the world's grumpiest kid, and I spent most of. <laughs> I spent like most of my childhood being chased by my mom getting tickled. Like she was always just like, ah, get over here, you angry little thing. And like trying to. <laughs> Come here. I was the question asker. Oh. I'm a curious one. And I was also the one when anything got uncomfortable. I was like, I have to make them laugh. Yeah. Everyone has to laugh. Absolutely. Yeah. I had a, I took a comedy class at the Santa Monica City College Adult School for $99. Yes. That's a deal. That was a deal. And I got, I got like one good joke out of it. And I remember the teacher, it's taught by Jonathan Solomon. So I think he still teaches it. So if you're wondering, don't pay hundreds of dollars for a comedy class. Just go like force yourself to do a thing. And, um, he said that the greatest comedians have the wrong role in their family. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, he said, yeah, isn't that like the wisest thing in the world? And I was oh like, oh, I'm in the right place. <laughs> I took like five, five years ago, I took a class with Tom Clark. Oh, nice. And I did both of them, one and two, and we did our, um, we did our showcases at the improv. Oh, oh yeah, fun. yeah. That was fun. I think it's like starting older, starting a little bit older, I needed to... I needed a class, uh-huh. and I had, like, done martial arts for years, and classes made sense to me. Well, you all, like, I didn't know, like, I did it, I want to say, like, five, six years ago, but I didn't, yeah, six years ago, and I just did it once. Yeah. Because I didn't know how to get up, I didn't know how to open mics, I didn't know any, I paid five dollars at the Ha Ha Cafe, oh, I did five minutes, it was my birthday. And everybody's like, you were really funny, you should come back. Because you know how, I think comedy's an asshole. And it's like, hey, we're going to things really well the first time they get on stage. Because if you bomb the first time, I think you're like, oh, I don't want to do that again. I, you know, I didn't do well. I performed at a coffee shop in Long Beach, which Stuart, we stopped by there on the way back from doing shows. Uh-huh. And yeah. that room was rough, right? The library? Yes. Yeah. Rough. Okay. And I... Um, but I, I told myself, because I had been obsessed with podcasts and obsessed mm-hmm. with stand-up, I told myself, this is a thing that takes most people 10 years to get good at, so I'm going to give myself a runway of about a year to just suck ass at this okay. and never question myself. And if after a year it's too painful and I just suck ass too hard to ever succeed, I have this self, I feel like I have this self 
awareness to walk away. Okay. And I think that that was, for me, that was, that was really helpful to just be like, yeah, I'm supposed to suck right now. It's a miracle. I remember the first time I got a laugh, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I was like, did you guys just laugh at me? You're <laughs> ruining my theory. That's funny. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh. Everybody's like, oh, I did really well the first time. I'm like, yeah, I think. Oh, I no, did I... Did you do well, man? I, it, it went fine. It, like, right. it, it went like the fine. Best. Yeah. Like, like, the first joke did not hit, and the second joke kind of hit. And it was like, oh, I could do this again. That's just how it had to be. It had to be good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the first time I like bombed, bombed was when I got on Kill Tony the first time. Oh, oh yeah, bombed. And it was Frank Castillo and Mike Lawrence. Oh well, okay, okay. Here, okay. I was just gonna say a thing. Roast battle people, mm, when they're judging, can be a bit cruel and unusual. Yeah. And so, uh, so which is why I'm a terrible judge. Uh, <laughs> I am. I'm a terrible judge. I'm too impulsive. I talk too much and. Uh, and I don't, um, and I, and sometimes I'll, you know, for example, uh, if I'm, I've never judged like Kill Tony, but I wouldn't personalize that at all. It's, no. I'm sure the room felt very rough that night. Oh yeah. I, was, yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. I just, just knowing what, just knowing that combination of people, I'm sure it just felt very, very hard to see. <laughs> not to say that they're not lovely people, no, I know. but I know how my roast battle people are. <laughs> so, I wanted to just, I was like, uh, yeah, it's tough, and they can be really intimidating. And and uh, one, I remember one night I was. There is one thing: if you're a roast battle person and you listen to this, for the love of fucking god, stop doing the Mike Lawrence technique of thank you so and so, if in between jokes. Okay. Uh, I it uh, it is it uh it's a. Uh, it just sounds like two people thanking each other over and over and over again. It's not really a full joke, and you're driving me insane. That's just my opinion. Unsolicited advice. Stop doing that. I've been asked to do a roast battle, and I'm like, no, because the first time you mention I'm fat, I'm going to pull out a cupcake and shove it in my mouth while crying. You like, will win if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> that is the unwrap. That is the sort of theatrics that we'll totally play in that room. <laughs> I mean, I've helped people write jokes. Oh, that's rad. But I can't. I can't. Like, it's uh, not for everybody. It's not for everybody. I know, Stuart, you you walked away from it at some point. Yeah. I walked away from it at some point. This seems mean. I'm not mean. I mean, I'm mean, but I'm not mean. It's fun until it's not. Yeah. That's my experience. And um, and not to say that it was it was something changed in me. Okay. And I think I was taking myself too seriously. Yeah. And I know that. I get that. Yeah, I know, Stuart. I why did you walk away from it? Well, I, for me, it was it became too much about just being like fiercely competitive, and like it wasn't so much about. I never really had fun doing it. I I just had fun like, like if I got a good joke off, that was good, and if I won, that felt better. It just became more like a sport, and it was just like, oh, I don't want to play this sport anymore, because it was more about I wanted to just like annihilate people. <laughs> And okay. I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't good. <laughs> it's not a good part of your brain when it turns that way. Yeah, it's just too negative. I had like, I always found it to be, I loved every part of it. I loved being made fun of. I loved. I hate being made fun of in that, in that space. <laughs> I loved uh, writing the jokes, the grueling, obsessive. We've written packets together, and I definitely have a much more like obsessive, compulsive way of writing packets where I'm just like. <laughs> I just sit down and I want to 
I want to drink coffee in my pajamas. And at the time, I was, like, vaping a lot. I had started because I didn't want to start smoking. So I started uh-huh. vaping, and I don't drink, and I don't, like, use any drugs. So I was just, like, vaping and and drinking coffee and writing um arguably well-mannered hate speech just like it's like well-meaning like hate speech for the for the uh for the purposes of entertainment and and it's so much fun and it taught me so much about writing and it taught me so much about um camaraderie and then yeah it was it was really it was really interesting it was like I found my crew there's a there is a recording Stuart that I have Uh of I was battling Alex Young Uh and you are, and I had to get it because I forgot to hit record because I was so keyed up. And, or was it Waldron? It was one of the two. You were standing next to Doug and Keith. Okay. And Keith's recording it for the, for the, um, the blog. Uh-huh. And you two are sitting there talking about my jokes and complimenting me and telling, and like, saying how, like, proud, like, it was really legitimate. I cried when I listened to it. I've only been able to listen to it once. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's Keith just being like, She's doing good. And you're just like, uh, you're laughing. Your cackles in the background. It was just such a weird, like, fly-on-the-wall moment. That sure. That anticipated. Oh, that's cool. I feel great. You feel good? Yeah, yeah. thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm going to tell you to shut the camera off, and then we'll switch your room. Okay. Oh, I'll make the bed, too. Ooh, I love it. And then we go. She going to make the bed, and you going to sit there. <laughs> all right that was my episode with Stuart thompson and anna valenzuela god i don't know why i keep fucking up her name that sucks um once again please like click subscribe comment send an email to joyshappyendings at gmail.com and once again thank you care by design goodbye <laughs>